0: everyone, welcome back to the second episode of Broken Rice Podcast. I'm Poochery.
1: And I'm Elvis.
0: And today we're just going to be conversing about what's been going on in the Asian American community.
1: Yeah, and before we get started, um, welcome back. And we kind of just want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening and everybody who's supported our podcast so far. It's been really enlightening to get all of the feedback and To have everybody say that you know they're really excited about the conversations that we're having and about the episodes and about the content. So you know, at the end of the day, we're really just doing this for us and our friends. So it already means so much that people are listening.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you, thank you so much to all of our listeners so far. Um, uh, I know we mentioned last episode this is a passion project for me and Elvis, and we created this to have a safe space for us to just have a dialogue. So. Just to know that people are listening and just interested in in having or interested in hearing what we have to say just means a lot to us. So thank you, everyone.
1: So with that said, um, kind of a trigger warning, uh, you know, we'll be talking about Asian violence, Asian oppression, uh, and just oppression Mm -hmm. in general, not even specific to Asian people. Um, We're going to be talking about trauma and mental health. And yeah, I just wanted to kind of prepare everybody for that.
0: Yeah, Um, and I also just kind of wanted to preface this by saying I might come off as a little bit, not totally, like, detached. I obviously am not ignorant to know what's going on with the world and what's going on in our community right now. Um, However, um, I have not processed it at all. I think in the light of the recent racial injustices as well that's outside of our community, I've become... A little bit resentful towards my own community, so it's a lot to take in with what's going on. Obviously, I know that the increase in Asian hate crimes is horrible, and I don't want this to even be happening at all, but I think it's just a little conflicting and a little bit confusing, and um, yeah, I kind of just wanted to be honest about how I'm processing and that I honestly haven't really processed it at all, so
1: yeah. And Kind
0: of just wanted to be honest about yeah. that.
1: And we're like... It's not even that you even... I feel like you don't even really have to disclaim that because I think that's a pretty universal experience with all Asian people right mm-hmm. now. Just because I think historically Asian people, specifically like second-gen immigrants, they have a hard time like reclaiming the oppression and trauma that they go through. And there's a lot of different reasons yeah. for that. And I think that's why so many people are kind of at a loss right now. Like, what do we do? How are we supposed to feel? So um, with that being said, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people this week. Like yesterday, mm-hmm. I talked to, um, you know, my friend Gershwin. I talked to my friend Ann. I talked to Diction. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it's really important for us to have these conversations, which is why we wanted to record this conversation because this is really just an unfiltered conversation yeah. between me and Pudri. <laughs> um, but it's mm-hmm. like, if you are not, if you don't have people to talk to about this, if you don't have anyone who's reaching out to you or you're reaching out to, like, this is the space for us and we are more than happy to share it. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's there's so much nuance right now. And I guess maybe I'll start by saying the... Let's start by talking about, like, what exactly we were feeling when all this started yeah. going down. Obviously, a lot of anti-Asian racism started spiking once COVID started because of... Trump's mm-hmm. presidency, because all of the narratives that are happening, but it's not lost on me that this type of oppression, not even type of oppression, Asian oppression in general has been happening for centuries. It's just been yeah. muted and kind of like kicked under the rug and kind of erased, even within our own communities, which is a huge issue. Um, But I mean, every, hopefully, you know, that, um, Eight people were murdered on Tuesday in Atlanta, um, mm-hmm. mostly Asian women. Um, there have been a spike in attacks on Asian people, and especially, um, I don't even want to say it's a spike in attacks. I want to say it's an increase in news coverage. I don't, I don't mm. believe it's because of COVID. I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of reasons why we're seeing it is because people are choosing to acknowledge it. Um, but you know, I I don't want to take away from the fact that like yes, the
0: it's happening. yeah like
1: the propaganda against Asians did cause an increase, mm-hmm. but let's just say it's been happening forever. Yeah, a
0: hundred percent.
1: Yeah, so like when it to be honest, like when the attacks first started happening, I was kind of just like you know felt the same. Whereas you, I was like very detached and like, well, <laughs> what am what are we supposed to do? And like, yeah. So the the straw that, you know, broke the camel's back was the shootings. But leading mm-hmm. up to that point, every time I saw an attack on an Asian person, I found it very hard to engage in the conversations because the people who were leading those conversations were mostly people who are kind of positioned in a, in a way of privilege. And...
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like... <laughs> yeah.
1: Asian organizing and Asian community, there is just so much erasure within our own community that it's like, well, there's no space for me to say anything or feel anything here because the people Mm -hmm. leading the charge are failing to recognize oppression within our own community. Yes. So, you know, I was like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say anything. Like, am I an asshole?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that's exactly how I feel, which is why I was like, do I feel like I'm an asshole right now? Because I kind of not that I'm like refusing to acknowledge it or refusing to process it I've just been kind of avoidant because I just I'm I'm at a loss Yeah,
1: because like where do you even begin like what exactly are we fighting for what exactly is wrong Mm -hmm. here like historically Mm -hmm. like why is this even happening because there's no whenever these people talk about our oppression and try to organize Mm -hmm. and try to unify it's like you're not talking about the nuance that comes with each and every identity and why this mm-hmm. is happening specifically to Asian people. Instead, what's really pissing me off is calling upon other marginalized groups to organize for you because they mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. know how to create their own movements. So that's the other thing. Once all of this started happening, uh-huh. Asian people started co-opting Black movements. And also, like, <laughs> it just feels very all lives matter to me. And it's very, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> like, oh, that's, I think you put it into such good words. That's how it feels like to me. Exactly. And it it rubs me the wrong yeah, way.
1: Yeah. And it's ingenuine. And I, I want yes. to disassociate from that because I think, up. yes. <laughs> so, like, I think, like, a lot of what, what is it, like slacktivism or whatever, which is, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that you can <laughs> be an activist on social media, which you can in some. I mean, mean, you really can't, but (laughs) (laughs) the the narrative that's happening is, like, not one that I want to be a part of, and there was no post for us to share. There was no, like, real talk Mm -hmm. that we could uh, necessarily, like, identify with. So it's like, well, I'm not going to post this post about you being like, well, you need to donate to uh, Asian, uh, was it Asian groups, and you need to... Yeah. Oh my God, you need to like weaponize capitalism to fight against Asian oppression. And by that, I mean, people are saying, let's go support Asian businesses, but that's not going to do anything. <laughs> if you still yeah. don't understand the mm-hmm. oppression that's happening, it's never, you're never going to be able to fight it. Somebody supporting yes. like your mom and pops, like whatever, Korean deli, like that's not going to stop these attacks. And while yes, it's a good sentiment to support Asian people in general, you really need mm-hmm. to get down to the root of the problem.
0: Oh my gosh. These are the words that I was trying to come up with in my head when I was trying to explain to Mati how I felt the other day, but I've just been so exhausted and just like, like I said, keep reiterating that I'm lost and I'm like, I don't even know how to explain that. But yeah, you kind of just took the words out of my mouth.
1: Yeah. And there's like, there's just so many things because this is one part of the pie, right? Like, this mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. this is, this does not even go into the anti blackness that we were just referring to. Mm, this doesn't go into period. how capitalism put, gets put into play. This doesn't go into how, um, you know, Southeast Asians, South Asians, and other brown Asians are raised. So let's talk about it, you know? Because yeah.
0: mm-hmm. just
1: that one part of the topic of conversation takes like weeks to process. And since there's so much, it's like, ooh, like, let's not. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And something else that I want to mention before we really get into it is the radicalization of Asian people is so difficult because there are so many barriers, like, with all the nuances, especially when it's very intersectional, like, Mm -hmm. when you are an Asian person living in poverty, when you're an Asian Mm -hmm. person with uh, mental health issues, you know, like, all of those Mm -hmm. things, how can you fight your positioning in... White supremacy when you are living in it to survive.
0: Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm.
1: almost as if you have to get to a privileged enough place to say, I want Asian liberation outside of the scope of what Asian people or not Asian people, what white people are handing me. Because mm-hmm. h- historically, like we all know about the model minority myth. Like, we all know yes. about, like, Asian people being treated as a monolith and whatever. But, like, in order to truly mm-hmm. understand your own oppression, you have to step outside the systems that you are living in and say, I don't want that. <laughs> and yeah, there's, like, something that Gershman told me yesterday. He was like, there are so many Asian people on tech who are super privileged and who have the means to contribute to mutual aid for our own communities, and they just don't. And why is that?
0: <laughs> it's... <clears throat> Oh no. And <sighs> it's this is, so frustrating.
1: This is other term <laughs> that uh somebody introduced me to and it's called boba activism and that just like makes Oh
0: my god, what is that? It
1: makes me laugh my ass off because it's it's literally east it's asian activism centered around east asian like identity politics where they say things like if you like boba and if you like ramen, if you like anime, if you like K-pop,
0: ah! then you
1: better support Asian people. But my whole thing is, if we do not have a culture that you're able to commodify, then uh-huh. we are still worth protecting. Like, <laughs> let's think about it in the terms of us in particular. Like, uh-huh. with Indonesian people, like there's not a there's not necessarily a commodifiable culture there right like there's in Mm -hmm. in popular white american culture yeah and like with vietnamese people it's almost strictly about like pho
0: yeah like Mm -hmm.
1: you're literally erasing us (laughs) because we don't have anime or k-pop you know or yeah Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) you know
1: Yeah. and so like i don't know it's like really upsetting and frustrating and like most of it makes me like want to cry it's like so much easier Mm -hmm. to process it with you, you know, like with other Asian Mm -hmm. people, because it's like, oh, like, that's so funny. But at the end of the day, it's actually very sad because. Yeah. We, we don't have space to, to experience trauma within our own communities, let alone within white America.
0: Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That is very true.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like. (sighs) I mean, where do we go from here? I mean, do do you have any other thoughts that you want to say?
0: I think, I think that I just, I'm referring back to like what Gershwin said about you know, Asian Asians that are privileged that have the resources to, kind of, what was it? The like um, donate
1: to mutual aid. Yeah, donate and, to
0: mutual aid. Yeah. yeah, I think it just all stems back to just how we have just been taught of survival, obviously. And so that just like goes back to that and how we just mind our own business. Yeah. And which is so crazy to me because you know how we're always taught that Asian countries are such a collectivistic country and we're there for each other and bullshit like that. But it's really not. I think obviously, yes, in terms of like – a lot of it is, like, about family orientation and things like that. But when it comes to an actual collectivistic society, that kind of just doesn't exist. At least within American, Asian-Americans yeah. that it's, I've seen. I
1: mean, it's a false narrative because that's the mm-hmm. thing. Asian-American should not be a, a term. Like, there is just too much mm. nuance in, in being Asian in each culture that you cannot lump us into one singular entity
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and like uh i going back to the survival instincts thing like our parents came to this country they did actually let's start from the way beginning let's this is okay this is oppression 101 (laughs) and Mm -hmm. the So in order to understand what our positioning looks like in America, we need to take it back to imperialistic roots. So for Vietnam specifically, and for Southeast Asia as a whole, wait, also, Mm -hmm. this is a good question to ask. Do you consider yourself Southeast Asian or Pacific Island?
0: I don't know. (laughs) I still don't know. Because I think when I was younger... Oh, I think this stems from inter- internal racism too. Yeah. I wanted to detach so hard from the term Asian, and so I remember for a long time when I was younger, I'd be like, "I'm Pacific Islander, Asian. I don't know what that is." But I mean, like that kind of tea. <laughs> yeah, it's very I'm like now. Asian. Yeah, I'm like no Asian. No, I'm Pacific Islander, and that's what I would check box and things like that, in at school and shit. But now I'm like, am I a Pacific Islander? I'm pretty sure I'm Southeast Asian. And then I checkbox the Asian box. And then it's just like such a, I personally, I'm still confused.
1: See, and then I would just like to mention that that is also oppression. <laughs> like, the fact that you don't know and the fact that you don't have access to that identity is oppression.
0: Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. okay,
1: that's a good question to ask. Um, but. Yeah. So let, if we go back to imperialism in fucking like 1800s or whatever, Vietnam mm-hmm. and Southeast mm-hmm. Asia used to be a part of French Indochina. Like it was just all one territory mm-hmm. and they were colonized, which is why you see so much like French influence and whatever. And so mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, I think like something about like the, the Geneva conference, like with like, the UN or whatever, they ended up um, splitting Vietnam into two after like Japan, like considered them an independent country, and so they were Mm -hmm. supposed to, like, hold elections for um, a unified leader, but it never happened, so that's why North and South Vietnam existed as separate entities. Mm -hmm. Um, So, long story short, a war happened. Honestly, the U.S. should not have gotten involved. The only reason why they got involved was because they were fucking afraid of communism because of Red Scare. So... Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. swooped in, they killed a shit ton of people, they dropped fucking Agent Orange on all of these innocent Vietnamese lives, and now they're still dealing with the fucking, um, like, I don't even know what to call it, like, all the birth defects that happened because of it, and it's, like, mm -hmm. very sad. I remember... I, like, I remember going to, like, the Vietnamese grocery store and seeing people, like, have boxes to collect money for people in Vietnam, and it would have pictures of, mm-hmm. of, of Vietnamese people on it. And I, like, never quite understood what that was, but that is literally just a consequence of having white people intervene in shit that was not... It had nothing to do with them. Yeah. So, anyway. Wow. they <laughs> Obviously, like, Vietnamese... The Vietnamese diaspora, which is also a a key point, like diaspora being like how did uh, people end up leaving their homeland to go somewhere else. uh, Mm -hmm. It's all about war and about being a refugee. And that in itself Mm -hmm. is so significantly different than the diaspora of other countries. And so we came over here because – Not because we wanted to, because we had to. And Mm -hmm. when we came over here, it was to fulfill this American dream, which is just Mm -hmm. a set of standards set by white people to show immigrants Mm -hmm. what it is exactly that you need to do to assimilate to this life in order to be a productive Mm -hmm. member of society, a productive member of capitalism. And then, Mm -hmm. yep, that's it. And then you don't get anything else. You don't get any part of your identity. You don't get access to anything. You don't get to be free. You get to be mm-hmm. a cog in this machine. And so yeah, that is where survival instincts were made of. Because I am sure our parents knew they were being treated like shit. But what else were they going to do?
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: They did not mm-hmm. have the means mm-hmm. to organize. Mm-hmm. They did not have the language to speak up for themselves. They kept their heads down. And they worked. You know, they did what they could. They worked survival jobs even now. And so mm-hmm. the problem with this new generation of Asian people, which... Just a side note, we like to call it second-gen immigrants because we are still immigrants. We are still Mm -hmm. living in our diaspora in the case that we don't have access to our identities. We don't have access to our Mm -hmm. homeland because it's war-torn, you know? Like, there is Mm -hmm. no longer a Mm -hmm. South Vietnam to go back to. Like, think about Mm -hmm. that. We don't have access to language, um, and we just have to also keep our head down and live the way that our parents wanted us to. But yeah, again, we are now in a place of privilege where we are more accepted by white people where we need to reject that. Because again, that liberation is in the hands of white people. They literally gave that to us and we're just playing the game. And that in turn yeah. makes you not be able to process major events like this.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the problem that a lot of people in our community don't understand is that that entire history and that we are just here on autopilot playing the white man's game right and and that's the reason why i'm so upset (laughs) at the fact that i see all these people doing these performative activism (laughs) and like posting these infographics which is like honestly like they're not bad you know (laughs) I I want to be I want to just say that like you all start somewhere in terms of being an ally and I guess your activism journey (laughs) but but I think (laughs) an ally to who like
1: yourself like like, exactly radicalizing yourself (laughs) like
0: exactly so It's like it's like kind of a double edged sword where I see this and I'm like, Okay, I guess you guys are starting to care a little bit.
1: Right, but what do you even care about besides you feeling like (laughs) like people (laughs) Exactly uh, This idea that like, Oh, okay, well we have an exchange of culture and you eat ramen, so you need to take care of us. Like, no. And like (laughs) And it's so hard because we cannot mobilize Asian people because of that. And then also, what I just Mm -hmm. talked about is one part of Asian oppression. That is Vietnamese Mm -hmm. oppression. What do Mm -hmm. Korean people have to say? Because there was also a fucking Korean war that, you know, tore them apart and a lot of trauma there. You know, what do Indonesian Mm -hmm. people have Mm -hmm. to say? Like, do you know anything about your diaspora?
0: No, but I can get back to you.
1: <laughs> no, and that's the point that I was trying to make because I didn't know this until maybe three weeks ago. I literally sat down. Yeah. I was like, okay, I had this idea of why my parents came to America and this idea of um, Vietnam in the scope of, like, white academia. And I'm like, okay, yeah. so China, like, was communist in they were working with north vietnam to make south vietnam communist mm-hmm. but it's so much more complicated than that also communism isn't yes. bad so
0: yes oh my god thank you oh my god oh i've been trying to explain to people that communism isn't bad and i've been trying to brush up on my communism history right. to just be like hey it's it's just this narrative that, like, kind of gets a bad rap. But, like, it's really not – a. it wasn't inherently bad. Right.
1: It's not at all. That's just the way that they wanted to set shit up. <laughs> and probably works, you know, in some cases. And, like, <laughs> yeah. obviously there is, like, a – there are different aspects of government where, like, if it's militarized, like, that – and pairing that with communism could be problematic. Same way about how, like, we have a military state here, but, like, it's a democracy, mm-hmm. which is not even a true democracy. Like, obviously, all of those things are are contribute to how effective the, the government is being run, which is why anti-government, because it's not being mm-hmm. run, first of all. But, um, yeah, like, in theory, these basic principles of democracy and communism all work. So
0: Yeah, okay. Sorry. There's this one little tidbit I kind of wanted to mention where it sparked my communism light bulb. was I was watching this Queer Eye interview. And I don't, are you familiar with Queer Eye? Like, do you watch Queer I mean, Eye? I've
1: watched like two episodes, but.
0: Okay. <laughs> you know how Tan France is probably the only person that's not from America? Mm-hmm. And he's also, I think, I believe, Pakistani, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And there was like this one. Cheeky little interview that they did where it was like this or that or hot or not or something like that, and then um, one of the topics was communism. Everybody <laughs> hot <or> else, not. <laughs> was, yeah, it was just so fucking weird, right? Oh. Why the fuck would that even be? <laughs> <laughs> Is communism hot? <laughs> but um, there, but everybody else was like, absolutely not, absolutely. And Tan just goes, uh, n- listen. Communism gets a bad rap and they just wouldn't let him even talk about it. Oh my God. (laughs) And then I was like, yeah. And then I was like, hmm, is communism bad? I was like, am I playing the white man's game? And am I falling into this narrative? Because the thing is like when I watch the show, I identify a lot with Tan um, because he is, he came from a Muslim family. He's also South Asian, um, you know, so when he said that in particular, I was like, and that's like in that sense, I was like, Oh, is, is communism a bad thing? I you know, and so I started looking in the comments and everyone's like, I love that no one let Tan talk about communism because he's not wrong at all about it, mm-hmm. blah 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 blah.
1: Here and comes so, woke Gen Z. <laughs> <Like>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so after that I was like, Oh, is communism bad? <laughs> And then, but, and so I started looking into it and then after finding out that it's really not, it inherently wasn't supposed to be a bad thing and it ended up just, I, I don't know. That was just like my little spiel about it. It's just, it just, it's interesting to see that even in a quote unquote woke cast like Queer Eye, Mm -hmm. that in particular, that was already oppression visually that, They all just shut him down immediately. Right. (laughs) And was like, "Eh, eh, no, that's not what we're going to do here. Sorry. And then, excuse me. And then Tan was just like, all right, I'm just not going to talk about it.
1: (laughs) Dude. Yeah. And I
0: just, yeah, I just think it's interesting to see that visual depiction of what oppression, even in a quote unquote woke environment, could look like.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You literally (laughs) have all these people who are oppressed at, so many different intersections and you still, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. uh, and this will be a conversation for another time, but like, there is always oppression with your own community, you know? And I, I say Mm -hmm. for another time, because I'm thinking about the gay community, you know, Mm -hmm, like, I mm -hmm. I just feel like whose voice matters the most here, who gets the most screen time, you know, probably Jonathan Mm -hmm. Vanessa, you know, like it's (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, like, it is truly, like, there's, like, a macro and micro way of looking at it, and you have to examine both in order to understand what exactly is happening.
0: hmm hmm Yes.
1: So, the next thing that I kind of want to touch on more in depth is the anti-Blackness that's been happening. I know we touched on it, like, at the very beginning, but to, to bring more into the conversation and to really understand why this is happening, I think we need to kind of like understand like what's being asked and understand what solidarity looks like and so i think that people are kind of a lot of people want oppression to be one size fits all and i think Mm -hmm. under white america there is not enough room for everybody to feel oppressed which is why some people feel like they fall by the wayside and why some people Mm -hmm. are unable to claim it like we were saying before um Mm -hmm. but like the whole thing with like co-opting the the black movements so this is the other thing that's really frustrating too is that Asian people in majority did not show up for black lives and in general do not show up for black lives the racism that happens to black people it's like so embedded in us that like We think that we're showing up in solidarity, but in actuality, we're showing up because we're part of the problem. Like, systemically, black people are oppressed by Asian people because of Asian people's positioning in whiteness. Asian people Mm -hmm. are white adjacent. I've seen so many posts Mm -hmm. that are like, we're not white adjacent. Like, we're not like, blah, blah, blah. We're not privileged. No, bitch, we are.
0: (laughs) We are. And
1: the reason why is because of what we talked about before, because of our parents, because we played the game, because, mm-hmm. you know, we are so good at capitalism. But the point mm-hmm. is, sorry, I'm like losing my point. <laughs> the,
0: no, it's I'm fine. losing my point about the anti-blackness. <laughs> but
1: the point about that is we uh-huh. need to reject it. But anyway, systemically, black people are oppressed by Asian people and us showing up for them is us taking responsibility for perpetuating anti-blackness.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. in
1: on the other hand a, black people do not owe us shit
0: yes repeat <laughs> it after him y'all black people do not owe us shit right
1: <laughs> and for black people to show up for us that is truly solidarity because they understand oppression they understand what it feels like to you know be a race that have violence against you and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are trying to make it, like, a one-to-one comparison. But systemically, Black people do not oppress Asian people, you know? And that's what yes. racism is, right? Based off of, uh, mm-hmm. of systems. But there, mm-hmm. there's, like, no system here where Black people are able to oppress Asians. And that's why I'm like, what's not clicking? <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, why do you not mm-hmm. understand
1: that you cannot – you cannot <laughs> – okay, I don't even know what people are asking of black and brown people. That's the whole thing. Like, yes, you want them to show up for you when you don't even show up for yourselves because you don't know how, because you haven't recognized your own oppression. So it's like, (laughs) I've seen people be like, I think all of the beauty influencers and all the corporations like y'all, your silence is deafening. You need to say something. I'm like, what is it about Nike saying like, don't hate Asians. Like, what is that going to do for you? What is that going to do for our movement? That is just going to allow you to continue to be passive, to continue to not do the processing, the decolonizing of your own fucking mind, you know? (laughs) And like, I feel so bad because there are so many radical Asian people, you know, especially in my circle. But the -hmm. truth of the matter is it takes a lot of inner work to get there. Like people don't, Mm -hmm. the difference between, okay, I want to stop talking about this in the scope of like Asian versus black because it's not about that. But Mm -hmm. with Asian people, when you are born, you are not so othered that you learn your own oppression at an early age yes but so yeah so you literally have to yeah period you literally have to learn it (laughs) later on in your life and that is us right now like literally in our late 20s being like oh shit i've been brainwashed
0: yeah yeah no you're completely right because it didn't dawn on me until a few months ago that our entire community has been playing this white man's game and that A lot of people in our community just like to play oppression Olympics. Yeah, but. (laughs) With other races, particularly the black community. And it's just fucking annoying.
1: Yeah. And it's so disrespectful, dude. And like. Yeah. People keep posting things like on. (laughs) Like on the comments on the fucking shade room and black people being like, oh, like Asian people. Like, did this to us? Like, we need to be silent because they were silent during our movies. And to me, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) you are justified in (laughs) saying that. And I am not angry. But so many people are like, I can't believe this is happening because we're also, we also matter. I'm like, bitch, you don't matter to yourself. So who what (laughs) what are you asking? Who are you asking? And so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, been very frustrating because Like, we want to feel supported, but we can't even support ourselves. And we also are attacking other marginalized communities for no reason. And that's why I don't want to be a part of that conversation.
0: Yes. That is the reason why I don't want to be a part of that conversation. And I feel like – not that it matters what other people think, but I think for a while, because I stayed so silent (laughs) with what's going on, I'm like, oh, my God, do people not think that I give a shit? But I give a lot of shits. It's just that I'm just – fucking upset at just everyone else in our community and I'm seeing this and I'm like, oh, so you're posting this shit now. Oh like I'm getting like I'm like, oh since when the fuck did you care? Right. And because also they don't. this feels
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: And yeah. And it's just like oh, it's so frustrating. And like I don't even know where to begin because like I said, I'm just now in this very moment processing it because of this conversation. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, this entire time, I was just like, I'm mad. And I don't know why I'm mad, but I'm upset. Yeah. But the thing is, I know with what's going on, that that's horrible. And, like, that should not happen at all in our community. Yeah. Or anybody's community. Yeah. It shouldn't happen, period. And so, it was, like, these two things. Because, like, Mathieu was like, what are you mad at? Are you mad at the shooting? Are you mad at the like the hate crimes towards Asians? Are you mad at
1: response? Us? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, like are you mad at us? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I could be mad at all of that.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: like, you know, like I'm just upset and I don't know how to feel, so I'm avoiding right now because I don't even know if I want to process it or if I'm ready to process it because I feel like a part of it is just because I don't even know what a part of it is. Like I just am – I'm confused yeah, and I'm lost yeah. and it's just annoying. And
1: And yeah, and I think it's because it's a lack of nuance. Like I was saying before, like you really have to think about mm-hmm. how does this – because you see these shootings and it's like, well, how do I feel about this because I'm Asian but <laughs> I'm this kind mm-hmm. of Asian. So it's like how do you process – So much Asian trauma as if all of it is your own. Obviously, all, you know, Asian collective trauma is a big issue. But, like, how does this affect you in particular as an Indonesian Muslim woman? And Mm -hmm. I think that's the conversations that aren't being had. And that's probably part of the reason why it's so hard to process. Because what does it mean for Mm -hmm. you? Like, it's horrible. But it's you really have to Mm -hmm. dig down deep and ask, like, where, where do I fit into this and what can I fight for? But we just don't know.
0: Yeah. And I think what was um, confusing me too was if I hear incidents like this happen in the black community, like for instance, the Breonna Taylor incident, mm-hmm. horrible, right from the bat, I'm angry. What can we do about this? I'm super upset. And then I hear things happening in our community, just like the shooting. Of course I'm upset, but I'm also like,
1: yeah. We're,
0: yeah. You know, it's like, oh, am I ups- Why am I upset? Because, like, for when it comes to my own community, and that I think that's also the it's not that, like you said earlier, this has been happening. Yeah. Like, these things do happen within our community. But now it's just like all of a sudden we're getting coverage for yeah. it. And all of a sudden we're getting attention for it. And it's like... It's forcing... I... Sorry, guys. No, no. No, no. It, it, it's forcing me to be like, uh, oh, am I angry? Like, yeah. how do I feel? Like, where do I stand? Because I'm still upset at these bitches in our own community right now. Yeah. I'm still upset about the anti-blackness that people refuse to recognize in our own community. And I'm still upset at the fact that a lot of the shit that was going down back in June with everything that was happening in the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. I'm still upset at the way a lot of the people in our community responded to that. Right. So I, right now, am not knowing how to process it because of those things. <laughs> and it's like, yes, obviously, it's very black and white when it comes to that shooting was wrong, should never ha- should never happen. Yeah. But like, like you said, it's all the nuances that come into that where I'm like, Am I an asshole right now? Because yeah. it's really, really hard for me to, like, grasp what's going on. Yeah.
1: So I think you bring up a really fair point because when we are standing in solidarity with Black Lives, it is almost easier for us to mobilize because that's something that we're able to wrap our heads around more easily. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the – first of all, there's so many resources about it, which is amazing To understand, like, the Mm -hmm. school-to-prison pipeline, how, you know, um, drugs were weaponized against Black people to incarcerate them, Mm -hmm. slavery, you know? There are very distinct Mm -hmm. reasons why Black people face oppression and why we perpetuate it, and it all makes sense. But this is entirely new territory for us because Asian oppression is quiet. It is, mm-hmm. it's hard to understand. It's very complex and nuanced. Not saying that other oppression isn't, but it's the mm-hmm. idea that like we need to know all of it at once. And it's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's Asian oppression is so sinister to the point where we are really doing it to ourselves because you will literally look at yourself in the mirror, look at your brown skin, understand that you have a mother tongue, you know, the trauma that you carry in your body, you will still look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I a person of color? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, am I considered a person of color? Yes, the fuck Mm -hmm. you are. And for a really (laughs) long time, I didn't know. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. we are... Like, I guess my skin is, like, kind of lighter, but, like, no, I am brown. Mm -hmm. We are brown people. Like... Yeah. It's very difficult because, yeah, it does take that self work, but, again... There is just so much to do and it's honestly so overwhelming and there's such a lack of resources and conversation around it aside from, like, the East Asian Mm -hmm. narrative that Mm -hmm. it feels like Mm -hmm. we can't and we feel lost. And that's why we're doing this podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In conclusion, that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah.
1: So, like, moving on from that, I think that the resources that we do have So I just wanted to bring up, there was this video of like, people are really calling upon Asian celebrities to lead the movement, which is really frustrating because we don't need straight East Uh, Asian men to do this shit for us. But yeah, I was also having this conversation about like, who exactly is it that needs to be leading this movement for us? And it is always the most marginalized. So when you think Mm -hmm. about it, there is no space, even in our own communities, for, let's say, Asian trans femmes and Asian non binaries mm-hmm. literally, like, who, like, live in poverty, you know? the mm-hmm, Literally, mm-hmm. the most marginalized of us need to be advocating for themselves, and we lift them up to the top, you know? Because mm-hmm. we get to enjoy certain types of privileges, but we also are able to support and reap the benefits of fighting for our own cause while bringing other intersections of that marginalization with us. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel
1: like that was a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, but it's like, do you know any Asian trans femmes? Do you know any spaces for Asian trans femmes to no. organize or even to feel safe? No.
0: I don't. And that no. is...
1: What's so like with straight East Asian men who, you know, are affluent and like have a certain amount of privilege, they are only one degree of separation away from whiteness. And mm-hmm. that's what I mean by white adjacent. And that's nobody's fault, you know? <laughs> I think mm-hmm, that when people mm-hmm. hear that, they're like, oh my god, like, don't call me that. Like, don't even associate mm-hmm. me with that. But it's like, no, look at the way that you're able to move up this this social economic ladder with white people. Mm-hmm. And how other people don't mm-hmm. even get that chance, especially like women, you know? Right. <sighs> so... <laughs>
0: Also, I want to kind of mention I'm not laughing because I think all of this is funny. I'm <laughs> laughing at just like the absurdity of just everything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is like, I just don't even really know what to do and what to say. It's like,
0: yeah. So, so okay, this leads me to the question How have you been processing through all of this? Like, what steps have you taken? in order for you to, like, kind of have your head wrapped around everything that's going on. So I
1: guess, yeah, because I was talking about how I had been feeling with the recent attacks, but I didn't really talk about what Mm -hmm. I felt immediately after um, the Mm -hmm. shooting on Tuesday. And so I was at work, you know, I read it right Mm -hmm. when I woke up, and I dragged myself through the whole fucking day, and I just was glued to my phone to look at updates to see what people were posting, see, like, what organizing was happening, what – processing what's happening as a collective and Mm -hmm. most of the time when i do that i end up just being upset because you know like asian people Mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. know how to process it and all of like the the new things coming out is oh my god (laughs) all the the most recent sorry the thing that happened right after was people saying If you don't know about Asian oppression, then you need to look at the Chinese Immigrant Act of 18, blah, blah, blah or 19, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, what does that have to do with anything? You don't even know the ethnicities of these people who were killed. It's like, what does Chinese diaspora, Chinese displacement have to do with the people who died? And lo and behold, they weren't even Chinese. So that's the issue that I have with East Asian people leading the cause because you're you're literally lumping us all into one thing, thus further pushing the narrative that Asian people are a monolith. What was the yeah. fucking point?
0: Mm-hmm. What was
1: the fucking point?
0: I think what it is, I think it's... I think this is this is why – this obviously, this is new territory, right? This is something that our community as a whole hasn't really experienced all at once. And so I think they're just trying to find ways where Asian people in the community can find solidarity. And so they're trying to, like, pick apart, like, all these other communities within our own community. Like, Chinese, Korean, all of this, to just be like – Hey, yeah. this is what's going but, on, but like, and it's just not working. Like, literally, <laughs> like, that's the thing; it's just not working, and that's
1: part of the pro- problem. And that's part of like the the white mind, like the colonized mind, is like people literally saw Asian and they're like, "Oh my god, okay, so like, who can we support? Chinese people? That's the easiest one." And like, they're in the, <laughs> they're in our history books, so like, oh my gosh, let me um let me do a quick Google Scholar search, <laughs> look up the Chinese Exclusion yeah. Act. Mm-hmm, like, it's mm-hmm. like it is so disheartening. And I am not. Discounting the oppression that Chinese people have to go through and that, yeah. that time of that timeline of how things played out in Asian immigration. But again, mm-hmm. these people, the people who are most likely to work survival jobs are poor Southeast and Pacific Islander people. And so it's like mm-hmm. you talking about Chinese people saying, let's support Chinatowns everywhere and without knowing the ethnicities of these women. Huge fucking disservice to them and yourself, you stupid bitch. (laughs) Sorry, I'm so (laughs) bad.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. Uh
1: huh. Jesus. Yeah, so
0: I think, yeah, I just think like everyone is just having a hard time, which is, I don't even know. It's uh, sorry, go ahead. I (laughs) I just think it's so funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's
1: funny and it's sad. Like it's better to laugh about it yeah. than cry, which is
0: yeah. But
1: it's it's hard because we have to keep doing the work. But so mm-hmm. the the next thing I was going to say after that. So I yeah, I was at work and um uh it just felt like my coworkers didn't really know what was happening and mm-hmm. it just felt like I felt like very isolated because I just don't understand how you can go through this much racial trauma and they expect you to fucking come into work and they they want to exploit you without taking into account what your mental health is. Fine, you can exploit me on any other fucking day, but there is literally, like, our people are dying, you know, have been dying, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. there is not a peep about, like, recognizing that we're going through a lot. Also- this is so... Sorry, I just keep talking about Gershwin because we, I talked to him the most recently. Uh-huh, but he uh-huh. was telling me yesterday, because he works in the Bay Area, so like Silicon Valley vibes whatever. He told me that his company hosted a fucking healing circle for Asian Americans at his job. I was like, wait, where's my fucking healing circle?
0: Oh my gosh. How nice.
1: And so like, yeah, I mean, a, a little bit of that is like performative or whatever, but at yeah. least...
0: But it's just like the idea of recognizing it, especially in that like just environment, I think is nice. Yeah. And like, <laughs> oh
1: God. I just like felt very isolated and alone. And obviously <laughs> I mentioned this before. I live in Wisconsin. So it's like, who the yeah, fuck? Who the fuck do I even like rely on? Where where is my community? But it's just me. So yeah. so yeah, I was very upset after all that went down. And you know, some of some people were texting me, and I was just like, I just need to like process. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think over the past few days, I really did process and part of it was like a a numbing until I started seeing pictures and and videos and stuff Uh like that of like the the victims and their faces and their names and seeing how old Mm -hmm. they were. Like it was, it Mm -hmm. fucking hurt. So, you know, I I went home and I remember like, it was like that whole day was like, "Eh," like this hurts, but let me just like put it on the back burner. And then- Yeah. I slept. And, like, have you ever had anxiety in your sleep? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like you're, like, in deep sleep, but it's almost as if your heart is racing in your sleep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I had, like, really bad, uh, like, in-sleep anxiety. And I started dreaming about, like, I was being held captive or something. And I was, like, with one of my Uh friends. And I think, I don't even know who it was, but he was like, oh, well, at least they didn't kill us. (laughs) and i remember like laying there and i couldn't move and i felt very immobilized and so i looked Mm -hmm. out the window and i saw people coming like supposedly people coming to save us but it looked like they were just standing there and i'm like wow if this wasn't if this isn't so fucking symbolic of how i feel about like the mobilization of asian people like you're literally so far away like i can see you trying Uh to like fight Or, like, do whatever or try to figure it out. But it's, like, you need to come save us. Like, us being the community that we all belong to. But there was just, like, barriers. And so another part of that dream was I suddenly was being chased. And I was trying to hide. And I remember I, like, hid behind a cabinet. And this white woman comes in and she starts laughing. And then she fucking shoots me. And then I woke up.
0: (gasps) Oh my God, that's so scary.
1: yeah and i oh was like God. dude <laughs> oh, this trauma that i'm carrying in my body is like in in all of us it exists mm-hmm. but we just do not know how to express it how to process it how to turn it into something that's tangible that we can talk about it literally is mm-hmm. like manifesting in ways that are so quiet that it's showing up in our dreams because it can't come out anywhere else mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so like yeah that's <sighs> that's generally how i've been feeling and I am like very sad and scared for like my parents and like, you know, my sisters, because there's a lot of narrative about um, Asian women and how they're sexualized, which is like a fair point. But again, that's only one piece of the pie. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. There, There's just you're right. There is too much to process. And luckily, like I have processed a lot of it. But again, this is mm-hmm. something that we're going to have to do for the rest of our lives. And that's very upsetting because I wish we just all fucking knew as a collective and we could do something about it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> in a perfect world, that would be the case. But I, oh, I think it's just like, fuck everyone. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just so upsetting. And uh, I'm like at a loss for words just because. Like I said, I think right now is the moment that I'm trying to process everything. And yesterday was like the first time I saw like the faces of the victims. And just like, like you said, it was really sad because I was like, that is how old my mom is. Yeah. And that could have been my mom. And Because, yeah, our
1: mothers also work in survival jobs like that. Literally, they went to work one day expecting to come home with like the very little that they make. But they just didn't come Mm -hmm. home that day. And that's really fucking upsetting.
0: Yeah. And it was just, I think, I don't even know. It's just so sad and condolences to the families of the victims because honestly, like, it's so heartbreaking to me. Yeah. And I really, really, like, I'm really upset.
1: (laughs) It's really hard for me to, like, I don't even wanna look at it. I don't wanna, it's, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, let's say their names and talk about their stories, but I don't want to. I, I cannot Mm -hmm. because it just hurts way too much. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. And now I'm like, damn, I gotta call my mom. I'm gonna call my dad. Like, I don't know if... Okay, and the other fucking sinister thing is too, (laughs) which is, Uh not to, like, derail a little bit, but, like, my dad, I don't want to say he's a Trump supporter, but Vietnamese people Mm -hmm. are very um... Like, brainwashed by the propaganda of trump mm-hmm. that's why you'll see fucking trump signs mm-hmm. at like the eden center <laughs> and like every yeah. like little mm-hmm. saigon that you ever go to and that's <sighs> that's a mm-hmm. result of like white saviorship um perpetuated by the war because there are a lot of older white people that will not sorry there's a lot of older asian people that will see white people and feel more safe more comfortable and be like oh they're gonna save us or they're gonna make this better but It's, like, this Mm -hmm. idea that, like, oh, white people came to Vietnam to save them or whatever. But they ended up just tearing apart their fucking country. Um, Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Well, that was a tangent. (laughs) But uh, with my dad, (laughs) (laughs) I, like, want to try to figure out how to have these conversations with him. But it's also tough because, like, you know, he was, like, brainwashed by Trump because of the Republican Vietnamese people. And I want to kind of say things, like, in very lay terms. Like, okay, dad. Trump was really pushing this narrative of, like, being anti-Asian. Like, he was a white supremacist. He wanted all other people of color to die, essentially, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, during Biden's presidency, Biden just deported, like, hundreds of Vietnamese refugees, like, on Monday or something. Or it, mm-hmm. it's either happened or it's in the process of happening. So to him, it's just mm, like... I didn't even know that. Yeah. and it mm-hmm. Because, like, that's why it's fuck empire, right? Because it, no matter who's in office, no matter what political party you affiliate with, it will always be inherently evil and racist. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm sure he sees the news and he's like, it says something like, oh, Biden uh, deports Vietnamese refugees. You need to be careful, blah, blah, blah. Like, Trump was way better. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard because... Like, none of it's good, and I don't want to defend anybody. And I also need to give it to him in the context that, like, outside of these systems. But so I don't want to complicate the lives of my parents by, like, adding these layers. Like, they are still in survival mode, and they pretty Mm -hmm. much will always be. And, like, we can do our best to distribute our privilege and wealth to them as second-gen immigrants. But they, like – I just don't want to make it any harder – than it already is because they just need to focus on working and living like a happy and fulfilled life, and I don't want to add these layers to it, and like mm-hmm. them recognizing their own oppression. That's so sad, isn't it?
0: It and, is. And no, yeah, it's. It, that's why sometimes when people are like, it's so easy to be like, you should take steps to like let your the people in your life know and like all this stuff to be a better ally and things like that and just like uh, and it's so easy for me to do that when it's like not my parents yeah (laughs) you know like I can do that to my friends or my my sibling like my brother or whatever but in terms of my parents it's not only my frustration that lies when it kind of just like Letting them know because they don't even understand it, but it's also that that added factor of them having to even think about that. Because yeah, you're right; they're in survival mode. So when I hear people saying, "Oh yeah, I mean, I think my parents are pretty Trumpy," I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I I get it. Like it's it's not that it's fine, but it's also like I understand where you are. There's no not that there's no point, but there isn't like what what is that gonna do? Yeah. You know, like, what, it, like, for them, it's, like, okay, at the end of the day, like, what does that have to do with me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's it's hard. It's so hard. So, I, yeah, I, I that's a good point. Yeah. I,
1: I definitely, like, it's, like, unless they understand the full scope of it, which would take, like, years of learning. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel the need to, like, really not overcomplicate it and literally just say Trump hates people of color. He wanted to kill everyone, and that's why it's better this way. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. period, you know, like, so yeah, it's, it's they don't even understand like how the democratic system works, <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah. like, things like uh-huh. that. But. <sighs>
0: Whoa. <Well. laughs> how do you feel now that you've talked about it? Because I know you wanted to kind of express it's like a lot of it.
1: I think that. There's just so much more to say, which like, there's so much more to say and there's so much more to learn. And I can't mm-hmm. even really, I don't know where to go from here besides like, let's keep decolonizing ourselves and keep rejecting the systems that we're in and uplift the people who don't benefit from it, which includes our parents. Oh, wait, the other thing mm-hmm. I wanted to say about that is like, we we're doing this thing where it feels like we're shielding our parents and not wanting to overcomplicate mm-hmm. their lives and give them a happy and fulfilled life, especially since they're old. Um, which I think mm-hmm. is totally valid. But the thing that fucks me up is when their kids feel like they could do that too. <laughs> like you yeah. literally feel like you can live an un- unbothered life and not like overcomplicate it. Like no. Like instead of mm-hmm. doing fucking, you know, coke on the weekends. well, how about you self-actualize <laughs> and you try to figure <laughs> out what it is that you are unhappy about yourself and how you're internalizing anti-blackness and anti-Asian-ness, uh, yeah. you know? It's like we Mm -hmm, have so mm -hmm. much privilege and we have so many resources. And if there's no resources, let's fucking make them. Because how are the other generations going to learn if we did nothing? Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that generations before didn't do nothing because obviously there was like yellow peril and there were a lot of specifically Mm -hmm. Southeast Asian people showing up for civil rights movements. But it was not enough to the point where we feel like we can... I want to say we are reaping the benefits of it, but mostly because of other black and brown people who led that cause. And I think that's the issue Mm -hmm. because we've never solely fought for our own cause in a way where we feel like we can take ownership of it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. (sighs) (sighs) Sorry, I'm kind of at a loss for words. No,
1: yeah, I mean, me too. I just just feel like... (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I'm just going to like... I just kind of want to sit here and like let us sink in. Mm-hmm. I saw this this other video of, like, Daniel Day Kim going around. <laughs> Did you see it? Oh, he, and he was, like, no. speaking in front of Congress. I'm like, why is this fucking celebrity speaking Wait, to... Wait, con- so what is he doing? He basically was calling on Congress to pass a bill against, like, Asian hate. And he was just saying, like, you know, this is why Asian violence is bad. This is why uh, we need to you know, donate money to these organizations and whatever. But, like, every time I see those things, I'm like, you do not lead our fucking cause. You know, where are the people who actually... Like, you literally are a rich Asian man. And, like, you experience racism, Mm -hmm. yes. But let's talk about the other intersections, too. Like, where are the Asian community organizers? They should be up there. They need a platform. What he should have done was relinquish that control. There's that fucking... Like, there's the common denominator. People... Asian people need to relinquish the control that white people are giving them and give it to somebody else who needs it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was like, that's what he should have done.
1: Right. It's like, he literally <sighs> was like, I'm an actor. <laughs> like, I am. Yeah.
0: He could have just been like, hey, I know I have this platform. What I can do is, like, go into my community and just, like, give those people that platform. Right. Right.
1: And to continue doing the work. I just feel like Asian people, yeah. sometimes when they activate, it's, there's no longevity, and that's
0: very mm-hmm. disappointing too. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. I don't yeah. know. If, if we talk about, like, what do we do next and where do we go from here, I think it, it also, for us, and maybe just like, specifically for me, it's just to continue to have these conversations and to kind of, like, um, figure out how everybody's feeling and how everybody's experiencing it differently than me. Because, again, like, understanding mm-hmm. the nuances of how Asian culture is. Like, I need to hear it. Like, mm-hmm. how does this hurt you? And, like, I would love to have that conversation with you, too, because I know you're still processing it. Yeah. But, like, it mm-hmm. takes it takes you literally going back to, okay, how were Indos mistreated? How is that perpetuated now? Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and also being Muslim. There's just, yeah, there's so many.
0: Yeah, there's so many other kind of layers to this. Oh, it's so exhausting. Yeah. And just like, honestly, I think that's something that I need to like, obviously explore within myself too, just because I am pretty ignorant when it comes to like my own history. And just like, yes, I know how my parents got here. I know how, I know my parents' story, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's, I think that's a lot of. People in our community, like, they know their parents' story and they know the struggle. However, it's, like, there's a lot more to that that I still don't know, especially with what happened in my own country with what, like, the oppression that they had to go through. Like, I don't know any of that.
1: Yeah, colorism, and, like, imperialism, I, all those things. Yeah,
0: like, I don't. Like, I know as much as I can, but if you were to quiz <laughs> me right now, I'd be like, bitch. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, you know. And
1: again, you not knowing is a form of oppression. You just don't have access to that. Yeah. Nobody taught you that. You know. Mm-hmm. It's yes.
0: I just know that one time we had a dictator that was really bad, and we finally got our independence, and that's what we're we celebrate every year on August seventeenth, and that's all I know.
1: Wasn't there a genocide in Indonesia?
0: That sounds horrible, and I don't know about it. <laughs> I mean, I,
1: I I thought I read something about it. I mean, I don't know, and, and I think it's okay for us to say we don't know. But let's find I out. I think
0: there was a genocide in Papua. I could be wrong. Please correct. Okay, me we'll find if out. hear this? We'll find out. I could be wrong. Like I said, I'm a dumbass when it comes no, you're to not. this stuff don't say because that.
1: I you're literally just but a I... you're oppressed. Like that's all you can really say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just – I I don't have the resources. I, I mean, I I do if I really wanted to get those resources, but they weren't taught to me. Yeah.
1: And you have to actively up, seek so. them out because yes. even like the history that you see on like history.com or whatever, like National Geographic, National Geographic. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. There's history on there. Yeah, um, yeah. Right? Like that. Yeah. that is told from a white person's perspective. So it's like yes. – I don't even want you to say that, like, you're fully responsible. Now you are, like, in a way where, like, Mm -hmm. you really have to do the digging and put in the work, but you not knowing now is not a fault of yourself. It is a fault of white supremacy.
0: That is very true. Yeah. (sighs) So... my gosh. Yeah.
1: So I guess, like, two... We're, like, hitting the hour point here. So Mm -hmm. two resources that I wanted to share um, Mm -hmm. in particular is there are... There's a book called Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong. And it's described Mm -hmm. as, like, an Asian-American reckoning. And Mm -hmm. so the whole premise is the idea that Asian oppression is reduced to minor feelings to the point where you're enduring it day to day and you don't even realize that it's happening until, like, I don't know, like, something major like this happens or until, Mm -hmm. like, you kind of hit a final tipping point. And she kind of, like, analyzes how um, Asian people can kind of, like, reclaim that. So I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. It's been... Um, really popular amongst a lot of like Asian American community organizers and stuff like that. But also like take it with a grain of salt. You don't have to read and believe everything that other people recommend, but I, I've read excerpts of it and I've read through maybe like the first two chapters and I'm just a slow reader, but I've really liked it so far. (laughs) And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the other thing I wanted to share was there is a book called, um, I believe it's Brown Bodies, White Minds. And mm-hmm. it's specifically geared towards the uh, Filipino diaspora. I believe that the first chapter or two talks about um, the colonization of Filipino people and then how that basically whitewashes them and manipulates them to... Sorry, I'm looking at mm-hmm. what the book is. So it's called Brown Skin, White Minds by E.J.R. David. And that was recommended uh-huh. by a few people. And uh, one of my friends read it too and really enjoyed it. So... There are two resources. Also,
0: ooh, I'm gonna look into that.
1: This isn't related to um, this isn't like nonfiction, but mm-hmm. there. One of my favorite authors is Ocean Vong and he is like mm-hmm. a poet, novelist, whatever. And he is a queer um, Vietnamese refugee.
0: Ooh, I saw. Did you did you share that on Instagram mm-hmm. the other day? Yep. Oh yeah, I watched he it. He mm-hmm. just
1: is. I just feel like he speaks to my soul because we share the same identity and we share the same space mm-hmm. in this world. And so he wrote a book called On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. And it is okay. him writing like very like beautiful letters to his mother who will never read it, which is how I feel about mm-hmm. my mom, too, and how you probably feel about your mom. Like mm-hmm. you just have all these feelings mm-hmm. and have these stories to tell. But it's like, we again, that's oppression. Like we don't have access to our own mm-hmm. families um Mm -hmm. that's really sad but it's really heartbreaking i read it sometimes and i have to put it down for a few months and i'll pick it up again (laughs) Mm -hmm. like there is a analogy in the book where he talks about monarch butterflies and how they make the journey south um for the Mm -hmm. winter and then they like lay their eggs but they talk about how those butterflies never make it back but their offspring will they'll make it back and they'll like retrace the steps of their journey and that's just you Mm -hmm. know like a metaphor yeah. for immigration. So, like, mm-hmm. I really hope that one day we can go back to our home countries and feel like it's home instead of feeling like foreigners. Foreigners there and foreigners mm-hmm. here.
0: <sighs> Amen to that. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, I feel that 100%. Wow. Oh, my God. It's already been an hour. Yeah. Jeez. So, I guess... Should we end it off with a good note? Uh, <laughs> Is that, like... Yeah, yeah. A bad time? <laughs> no,
1: I think, like, what are some things that are grounding you now? What are some things that are bringing you joy now, despite everything that's happening?
0: Um, that's uh... not
1: BTS. <laughs> 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 or BTS. Yeah, I wasn't
0: going to say that. <laughs> um, well, me and Mitty just recently moved. us knows this, but a lot of people don't. Um, So, me and Mati have been really into our interior design game, and I think it's been a really bonding experience with me me and my husband, just because, um, I don't know, maybe this is, like, too dramatic to even say, but I think our home now is such a beautiful depiction of me and him. Yeah. And just, like a such a good like it's so it's just him and I and we cuz the thing is me and mati we're we're kind of complete opposites. And so s- being that we came to terms with how our apartment looks and how it's designed has made us a lot closer because we finally have a lot of common ground in terms of our space. Yeah. So it's really nice and it's it's very it's very symbolic to just who we are as also a couple, and so I think that's what's been grounding me lately. So like after a stressful day at work, me and Matty will just go to Home Goods and <laughs> and like look at art on Etsy and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's been really nice. <laughs> I
1: love that. I mean, I I know we've talked about this. Like I felt the same way when I moved into my own apartment, and it's it is just mm-hmm. a very wonderful thing to. First of all, have the privilege to have your own space, but also like be in mm-hmm. control. Um and there, you know, there's trauma associated with living with your parents who have like pro- probably mental health issues, you know, all all mm-hmm, immigrant mm-hmm. parents do. So like that's that's something to be talked about too on another episode. <laughs> um yes. but yeah. I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> um let's see, what's grounding me? I think this week, uh yeah, yesterday I well actually what's grounding me is me being able to talk to so many of my friends and being able to be on the same page and process together. Like that has been such a beautiful mm-hmm. thing and I really appreciate anyone who's already had that conversation with me. Um and so other than that, yesterday I was like, I really need some healing because of this fucking dream. So mm-hmm. yeah, yesterday after work, I worked out, I bought Indian food, and my favorite thing to do to really like Bring myself back into my body is turn on my fucking like LED strip lights and dance in front of my mirror. I
0: thought you were about to say go to grocery shopping.
1: (laughs) You know I love that shit too. I'm about to do that today. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like I the best way to come back into your body and to recenter your mind is to like Put them together, which is in the form of dance, which, like, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know that I'm a dancer. Um, And it's really – it's been a really beautiful thing to be able to do that without the pressure of, like, teams and competitions and choreography. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm literally just fucking wiggling around, and I probably look like Gumby, but it feels good. Mm -hmm. So.
0: We should have a conversation about dance in one of these episodes. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, dance totally traumatized me. (laughs) Like, it's (laughs) –
0: you know, I'm not a dancer, but uh, the dance community totally traumatized me too. Yep, and
1: that also goes <laughs> into Asian people, and yep, it all it ties together. We can, ta- yeah. Yeah,
0: we can, we can, we talk about it. That. That's a whole fucking episode. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Well, should we end it off then?
1: Yeah. So yeah. So thank you to everybody. If you made it this far, thank you for being a part of this yes, conversation. Thank you for listening. Yeah, and, and as always, thanks for growing with us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can find us on Instagram on Broken Rice Pod. Um, and mm-hmm. also that's our Gmail too.
0: Yes. So if <laughs> you have any suggestions of what we should talk about, um, or just questions or anything that you would like to say to us personally, yeah. um, feel free to email us at brokenricepod at gmail.com and just reach out to us, like Alva said, on our Instagram, brokenrice pod. Also, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well, so you can find us on there. And yeah, thank you all for listening.